0: Hello there, welcome to Doors & Devices, a podcast dedicated to all things design. This is the first episode of 2019 and I couldn't be more excited to talk about many new things in design this year. Last year, we covered some interesting topics around design facilitation, design ops, cultural influences on design, prototyping and data and design. So let me begin this episode talking about things that matter the most. In the past couple of years, designers have started speaking more openly and loudly about inclusive design, social responsibility, morals and ethics, and the role of technology in human lives. I can sense a shift in perspective that has gone beyond the traditional way of thinking about design. It's not just about delivering products that make a hell lot of money. Design is much more than just problem solving and instant gratification. It has larger implications and consequences. And we will be talking about all of it today. So, without further ado, let's dive in. Let me start by setting some context around today's episode. A while back, I told you my design story on my transformation from just visuals and aesthetics to problem solving and design thinking. I think many designers were able to relate with the story and it's great to know how we are taking a more broader outlook towards design. But here's my question, is design thinking our best way forward for making products and services? Or to put it in another words, is it sufficient to just rely on our design thinking process? Well, my answer is no. Design thinking is not enough and it's not the ultimate solution for all our problems. Now, before you come at me with your pitch, folks, I would like to say that I have always been a supporter of design thinking, and it's not that something has suddenly become fundamentally wrong with it. What I'm trying to say here is that design thinking is not good enough to tackle some of the bigger and important issues. So, the most obvious question is, what are these big and important issues? Broadly speaking, they are related to social responsibility, diversity, inclusiveness, and morals and ethics of technology and human life. All of them have real measurable impacts on human and society at large and they need serious discussions and real actions. Let me start with inclusive design and inclusivity in general. First, we need to get the definition right and I will be quoting Susanne Goldsman here. Inclusive design doesn't mean you are designing one thing for all people. You are designing a diversity of ways to participate so that everyone has a sense of belonging. Or as Microsoft puts it, The idea is to unify people and embrace individuality. It also goes beyond taking care of permanent, temporary, situational or changing disabilities. Inclusivity is also about gender, race, sexual orientation and social situations. Honestly, it's a social justice issue. Fast Company wrote about a transgender woman who had rented on Airbnb for years as a man. All of her reviews were stuck in old he pronouns and this was causing a lot of confusion for other renters. There was no tool in Airbnb settings to fix this. However, there was a good ending and the Airbnb customer support fixed all the reviews by hand. But it was surely something to learn from, not just for Airbnb, but for every other tech company. I'll not be going into the details of inclusive design in this episode. But what I want to highlight is that are we taking care of inclusiveness in our original design thinking process? Honestly, I don't think so. We talk about empathy, but are we really empathizing across diverse scenarios? I think inclusivity has to come first and not something that we want to fix later. And for that, we need to model our entire design thinking around it. We should be inclusive during user research, persona creation, and journey mapping. And our solutions should solve for one and extend to many. I'm glad that more designers and companies are aligned with inclusive design and are taking action towards it. But if your company is not doing so, you should put your foot down and bring in inclusivity. To get you started, I'll be sharing some links related to inclusive design toolkit and resources in show notes. The next big issue I want to discuss is the role of technology in human lives and what we can do as designers about it. With respect to this issue, I would like to focus on the concept of ontological design. Ontology is the branch of metaphysics dealing with the nature of being. The basic idea of ontological design is that everything with design in this world will in turn design us back. Now, we can go deep into the philosophy and hermeneutics of ontological design, but I'll keep that for a separate episode. For now, what we need to understand is that design affects us in ways that's much deeper and more pervasive than we usually think. Smartphones have changed the way we work and live, and there is neurological research that indicates how it has changed the way the brain processes information. We are getting addicted to apps and there is this race among companies to get hold of our attention. All of this is affecting our mental health and social relationships. We designed these apps and services and now they are designing us and that too in a bad way. Now one solution for this problem lies with us. We can turn off notifications, reduce our screen time or simply delete the apps. But can't we just fix the source rather than drastically changing our pattern of consumption? To be honest, there is no easy answer for this question. Ideally, companies should respect our privacy and not access phone features that have nothing to do with the objective of the app. This is the best scenario, but we know that it's a direct clash between what's good for users and what's good for business. Companies want more business through more notifications, more distractions and an ability to access each and everything on your phone. And this is bad. So how do we fix this? To begin with, companies need to fundamentally redefine their vision and goals. They need to include moral and ethical values in their vision and not just numbers or world-dominating rhetorics. And then designers should always align themselves with this redefined vision. They should be cognizant of it while they are designing apps and services. There is no need for all those notifications and alerts if they are not intended by the users. There is no need to sneak on users just for collecting data without their permission. If you don't like all these notifications and privacy invasions yourself, then you should not be designing them either. Viewing from a pragmatic lens, I understand this is easier said than done. But we can't ignore this problem anymore. Start with your own personal apps and services where you don't have any company pressure. My app, UX Assist, does not require any sign up and has absolutely zero notifications. You can simply consume the app without getting troubled. It just does what it says and nothing more. Now, let me turn the table and remind you of the second episode of this podcast that focused on data-driven design. You might object and say that what I'm speaking right now is diametrically opposite and contradictory to what I said earlier about data-driven design. But here's the important point. There is a difference between excess and need, between intent to help and intent to exploit. All the data collected to satisfy your needs and help you in your objective is good as far as it doesn't venture in the exploit territory wherein the data is used to design things that start controlling you and make you an addict. That's why everything should be tied to the ethical vision of the company. We have to draw a line between what's acceptable and what's not. There should be no compromise on moral responsibility. And this brings me to our third issue, that of unintended consequences. As the name implies, these are the outcomes that are not the ones foreseen and intended by a purposeful action. And Facebook is the prime example of unintended consequences catching up badly with them. Like, really badly. Facebook is behind the curve in understanding that what happens in their system has profound consequences in the real world. They have been in the news lately for all the wrong reasons including fake news, bad advertising, and for a live video feature that was quickly used to broadcast violent crimes and suicides. Mark Zuckerberg might not have anticipated all of this while building Facebook. But it's clear that the platform now yields incredible power over the lives of its 2 billion users. So can we do something to avoid another Facebook story? I believe as designers, we should do some second-order thinking to understand the potential impact and use cases of our products. It's not just about that single user journey or context scenarios. It's also about the potential journey and scenarios. I understand we can't predict everything, but with second-order thinking, we can at least understand the potential product usage in a better way. Designers should pay attention not just to products, but to the systems in which they are acting. With our progress in AR, VR, and artificial intelligence, I think it will be even more critical for us to understand our solutions with respect to human psychology and society. You can take it as a warning, but I think these technologies are powerful enough to create big trouble with unintended consequences. I think this is where socially responsible design can come for the rescue. It is generally characterized by attitudes that value justice, equality, participation, sharing, sustainability, and practices that intentionally engage social issues and recognizes the consequences of decisions and actions. This has to be part of a design thinking process. We should not just diverge and converge in a local system but also think of overarching effects and consequences. As I said earlier. I can notice a shift in perspective among designers regarding the issues I have covered today. We are more vocal about them and it's good that we are taking some positive steps towards resolving them for a better present and future. This year, I will be taking each issue in separate episodes so that we can talk about them in more detail. Personally, they are going to define my rules and responsibilities as a designer in coming years. And that's why I have also opted to pursue a master's in philosophy. Perhaps it can help me think better and provide me the support in my initiative to tackle the big problems. On that note, I would like to end this episode of Doors and Devices. Please continue sending your feedback to me. I would love to know how I can make this podcast more enjoyable and helpful for everyone. I'll soon be back with the next episode. Till then, have fun designing!